You are listening to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. Here's Katie D, online and social media editor at IT Ops Times. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be speaking with David Caruana, UK-based software architect at Highland, to discuss the importance of providing developers with sufficient reservability in order to offer them a comprehensive view into all of their processes. All right, if you want to just get started by telling me a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are, that might be a good place to start. Sure. Uh, I, I guess I've been in the content management industry for, well, what is it, 20 plus years now, I guess, <laughs> longer than I thought. Um, my, my background is in software engineering. So I, I've been a software engineer for, for my career. Uh, in fact, I was one of the founding engineers for Fresco, uh, which uh, obviously is a company that has been acquired by Highland uh, in recent times. Um, I, about 10 years ago, I started focusing on delivering solutions in the cloud, uh, predominantly on AWS, so getting AWS expertise and just learning about uh, you know, how the cloud works and uh, and its associated technologies. And my role today is one of a software architect uh, working for the Highlands at Fresco PaaS and uh, Nuxio cloud platforms. All right. Well, I have a pretty general question just to start things off. Um, why do you think observability okay. is important for development teams specifically? Well, <laughs> um, so... I think observability is important for uh, development teams uh, as it provides developers feedback, feedback on the state of their systems. And that Mm -hmm. feedback can be used in all parts of the software development cycle, Uh, especially when you think about uh, development in the context of DevOps, where you you can release software uh, very frequently. So that feedback is essential uh, for continuous improvement. As you go around that loop, that feedback from observability feeds into the next uh, next uh, development iteration. So if you think about um, the primary goal of a development team, it's to build and provide uh, solutions that offer value to customers. And customers, <laughs> rightly so, they demand quality right, in terms of uh, scalability, performance, uh, reliability, and uh, security as well, of course. So... I think observability gives those development teams the the tools and the methodology for maintaining and ultimately increasing uh, the quality of service for for those customers. And how do you think that organizations can really be sure to give developers the proper level of of observability while also kind of keeping complexities under control and with transition to cloud native, how that can kind of add more complications to it? How can organizations really make sure they're still giving their developers the right amount of observability? Well, I think it's all about uh, evolving, really. Um, You know, there's so much to take into account during the development cycle um, requirements from left, right, and center. You know, there's the functional requirements. You've got uh, the sort of soft requirements. um, And you've also, of course, got the operational aspect of it as well. You've got customers using those systems for their day-to-day business. So there's a lot going on. So I think really uh, to introduce and ensure that teams have got the right tooling um, and are and are exp- will have the right knowledge as well on how to use those tools. I think it's one one of evolution really. Um, you know, start small, iterate as you know as you do with all agile processes. Iteration is really key. Um, start small, 
implement something, get that feedback, make adjustments as you go along. And I think that's the same for observability as well. So I, I think that you know a big bang approach is probably uh, you know a high risk approach. So I always go for the evolve and iterate and uh, and see where it leads you. Um, do you think that the shift to cloud native has been helpful for the observability space, or do you think that it has kind of led to more complications? Uh, well, from my experience, um, I think that the shift to cloud native um, has really uh, had a positive impact, I think, on the sort of overall use of observability. Um, uh, the, the, reason, uh, the reason is that... Um, you know, if you if you look at cloud native systems, they are much more well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say much more complex. If you look at cloud native systems, they they take on a different approach to the sort of your traditional systems. You know, you you take you look at um, different architectures. You're looking at moving towards um, microservices uh, using serverless, using Kubernetes potentially, or or managed services from your cloud provider. Also in in parallel, um, teams and organizations are also looking at modernizing their development practices. So moving to agile, uh, introducing DevOps, um, adding processes like continuous integration and, and deployment. So, you know, in those scenarios, and also if you take into account that there may be multiple development teams as well working on, on these systems, uh, distinct uh, development teams. Those teams might be choosing their own technologies. They might even be choosing their own programming languages. So, for example, on, on the team I work on in Afresco Paz, uh, we're deploying components from different engineering teams. Some of them are Kubernetes-based. Some we deploy with EC2. And we also have a DevOps team as well for managing infrastructure with serverless lambdas and stuff like that. And, and also, we are creating and releases every day and, and deploying to our customers every day as well. So I think observability is is a necessity, really, because of that speed of delivery and, and the complexity in those systems um, in, in the cloud. Uh, so, you know, I think with that move to cloud native and that move to sort of uh, agile uh, approach, it's much easier now to talk about observability within the organization as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I think I think cloud native and, and agile is is really one of the drivers for observability. You, you need it to, to get that feedback and uh, and uh, and execute basically. Right. With the um, the kind of push towards AI and automation, do you think that that could have any effect on the kind of tools that we're seeing used for observability? I think so. Yes, uh, I think we're I think we're at the beginning of that. Um, so you know, if you look at what observability is. You know, it's it's a way of getting insights into your systems, into the health of your systems. And, you know, if there's an alert or if uh, an incident arises, then your observability gives you the views that you need. It gives you all the context that you need to diagnose those issues uh, in the quickest fashion possible. And with AI, I think we're starting to see now that AI can start to understand what the sort of natural health of your system is, if you like. And if there are any anomalies, then that AI can pick up on that and alert you to start with. So there may be things you don't even realize um, that you need to check, but AI can, can do that for you. So I think we're, we're starting to see that. You can, you can pick out um, uh, anomalies there. And I think in the future, we are going to start seeing 
AI play a greater role. So, for example, you know, when you when a system when a component goes down in the system, it's possible that that component may bring down other other components, and so you get this snowball effect of alerts. And I think AI can also help potentially filter through all of those alerts, pick out the ones that are really the key ones to focus on, the root cause alerts, if you like. Um, so that also assists um, the SREs and, and the operations teams. And I think going forward into the future, I think AI will actually be able to assist in actually the resolution of those issues as well. You know, even today, you know, you, it is possible to fix things by restarting them and what, uh, and what have you. There are ways of doing that. Uh, to 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 resolve issues automatically, but I think with AI that will become uh, much smarter and much more efficient. You'll be able to learn precisely how your components are interacting and then do the right thing for you. Right, and that's obviously going to lead to more overall productivity for the organization, which is kind of the goal. <laughs> yeah, pro- productivity, of course, um, but also I think um, uh, uh, response times as well. Right. Um, like I say, to me, for me, the customer is is the the important. Uh, aspect here at least for for our teams um you know we want to make sure they have a good customer experience so we want the least amount of downtime uh we want to be able to upgrade and give them new fake capabilities on a frequent basis so i think you know with uh if we can bring that observability into our own um deployment pipelines and and the testing and add that ai on top of that i think that will really improve the productivity it will uh it will mean that developers can actually focus on more on adding value for the customer rather than the sort of day-to-day operations side of life. Right. Um, and how can observability really translate to bringing those better customer outcomes to the user base? Well, uh, I think that, I think, I think bringing observability into the, into the development life cycle can really only help improve the customer uh, sort of outcomes. Um, as, like I say, I think it's all about customer experience. Um, you know, that, they are depending on your service for their day-to-day business. Um, and as a service provider, you obviously want to meet their expectations, the service level agreements and, and whatever requirements that they might have. And like I said earlier, in my experience, customers expect systems to scale to their needs. They expect them to be reliable. They expect them to perform and, and of course, remain secure as well. So with um, observability, not only as a team can we measure uh, how well the system is performing against those requirements, but more importantly, we get those early signals for when, you know, potentially parts of the system uh, become unhealthy. And in our team, we have a, we have a saying, which is we we want to know about issues before our customers. Right? That's right. that's a saying. You know, if the customer finds the issue first, then you know we we're disappointed by that. And so, and also, if there is an issue, we want the fastest turnaround on resolving it. So the more inside and context we have the faster we can resolve that for the customer um and like i say ideally our issues will be resolved automatically um and and of course these you know the, the reliability of the system the scale of the system is all dependent on the architecture of that system as well the design the design of all of those components how they interact so observability gives developers an idea of how those components are interacting it gives an idea of where some of the bottlenecks might be and so that's also good feedback in the early parts of develop in, of their development lifecycle as well. So developers can actually perhaps refactor some of their code and actually eradicate the root cause of those of those issues, which in turn gives a, a, a better customer experience long, longer uh, longer term as well. So yeah, I, I, you know, 
it, to me, it's all about that feedback loop and observability and getting that data is a, is a key part of that for the, and that's, that's, that's only going to do, that's only going to improve their customer experience. Yeah, definitely having those deeper insights to kind of get to the root of the problem so that you could kind of solve it at the source is always going to be better for the customer in the long term. Exactly. And that, and that, that's the thing about the observability. I think, you know, uh, you know, tr- traditionally we would collect metrics on, on the system like memory usage and CPU usage, and that would be sampled on a, on a fairly periodic um, schedule. And we would create graphs in dashboards and we'd have alerts. But if something goes wrong, we go to those graphs and we go, oh, yeah, look, it might have run out of memory, but why did it run out of memory? What was it doing? It's hard to establish that information. So with observability, I think that one of the key differences is to have a better understanding of that context. You know, observability pulls in logs, it pulls in metrics, it pulls in traces, which is, you know, the uh, record of the journey right through your arch- distributed architecture, right from the UI, right through all of the services and databases and whatever else you've got. Um, and uh, and also it gives you a view of the dependencies as well, so you can actually determine what those dependencies are. So with all of that information, all of that context, you get the you, know, you get the what, you get the where, and maybe the why as well. So it makes that resolution uh, much easier to come to. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, those are all the specific questions that I had for you today. Unless you have anything else that you think is worth mentioning. Uh, well. I- I, th- I think, as I said, I think um, I think a key point is you know if if you have development teams that are looking to move towards cloud native architectures and they're looking to move towards agile and uh, and a DevOps kind of uh, culture, I think that you know observability needs to be a core part of that conversation right. <laughs> as to how you're how you're going to get there. Because for me, it's all about getting that data. And if you want to make decisions, which you are, of course, as a development team on a day to day basis. Having the data to help drive those decisions is really valuable, and that, and that, and that happens right from your product owners who are prioritizing features through to your development team, right through to your uh, SREs and, and support. So I, I think it makes a, a huge difference. Yeah, definitely, that makes so much sense. I feel like having that, just the extra layer of really understanding what's going on in your systems and your processes, will obviously make for a more smooth development life cycle. So that makes sense. All right. Well, it looks like that's all the time that we have for today's show. Thanks again, David, for joining me. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. And until next time, this has been Get With IT. Get with IT.